I wanted to do an advert for Anchor. This is the app that I'm actually using to do every episode of Analogy of the Sun. It's super freaking easy. Uh, it's also free. So couldn't get any better than that. If I can use this and I'm able to like put stuff on Spotify and all that, then you definitely can. If you've ever thought of just having a podcast for fun, like what I'm doing, then I would definitely suggest that you download Anchor now and they actually will upload it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and things of that nature or those type of apps for you. Again, it's completely free. There's no minimum listenership that you have to have. Everything you need in one place to make a podcast. It is amazing. So if you've ever thought about having a podcast at all, just for fun, or possibly to add to your work or your business, then please go ahead and download Anchor today. Science fiction Double feature Frank has built Lost his creature Hey guys, I'm back. I just wanted to just get this out of the way because it just it sits like it's over my head and I've been taking all these notes about Rocky Horror Picture Show. So if you had listened to my last episode, which um, if you're doing it in succession or not, I don't know. But I had a couple friends who are huge fans of Tim Curry as much as I am and they wanted me to do an episode on Tim Curry, which one episode is... That's not going to happen. It's going to have to be several and it's going to have to be over different. I mean, the man has had a 40 plus year career. There's no fucking way I'm going to be able to do it in 25 minute episode. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to kind of go over. If you don't know who Tim Curry is, I feel really sorry for you and you should Google him right now. But I want to kind of go over how I was introduced to Tim Curry, and then I'm not going to really go into uh, too much about the the way I, like, the movies that I was introduced to him, <clears throat> how I was introduced to him. That'll be for the next episode. I can't say that without hearing um, Nate Dogg in my head, actually, every time I say that. So I'm just going to focus really on Rocky Horror today because not that his other work hasn't been important, but Rocky Horror Picture Show has really, it, there's a reason why it is still to this day after, you know, almost 50 years, if not 50 years of it being out that people still flock to it like crazy. And it's just, it has such a strong message and for it to have come out when it did in, the, in you know, 75 or 73, technically, because that's when the, the musical started. Um, and that was actually, you know, it came out in 73. And then it actually got to go to the West End in London, which is, you know, a big deal. And then they decided to do the movie. And so when it came out in 75, it was, it was a flop, to say the least. It was, it only made 21, a little over $21,000 in its opening weekend. 
and it was supposed to go to, it was only, it was only select theaters. I don't know how the seventies were with movies. And, you know, now it's every theater has every movie. <clears throat> so I don't know how it was back then. And if only certain movies went to certain theaters, I have no idea. Um, but they were supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be out longer and they just stopped playing it. <laughs> um, so, which is kind of shitty in a lot of ways, but it cost, you know, one point, I think it was 1.4 1, 1. million to make it. And I'm sure that it was really difficult for it to not to be so well received as a musical as, you know, on stage and then not be received really at all. Um, at that moment, you know, it, it was going to get received at some point. So it, it just really kind of shows for the time period of, you know, 75. I mean, if you look at the music around that time, it there was a very androgynous thing going on. If you look at Bowie, for fuck's sake, my, you know, fairy godfather, as I like to call him. Um, he was extremely androgynous. And there were more, there were a lot more. I mean, if you look at T-Rex, um... I wouldn't say Iggy Pop was androgynous, but I mean, if you look at T-Rex for sure, um, they were androgynous. It was a lot of that was going on at the time. Uh, it was kind of like a musical, I would almost say it was very similar to like a Renaissance because it had changed so much in such a small amount of time going from the twist, not 15 years prior to you know, dressing men, dressing like, you know, quote unquote women. And there being just this non-binary androgynous, you know, creatures that were just gorgeous. In my personal opinion, I, I mean, that's one thing that drew me to Bowie was because he was androgynous. He looked really good with fucking makeup on. I mean, there are some men out there that can do it. A million times better than any woman can. That is for sure. And they can wear it better because the men have like the strong jaws and they have the, some, a lot, I mean, women have cheekbones, but men, they have the strong face. So they have those big cheekbones and makeup. I just think sometimes looks just much better on men than it does on women. <laughs> Unless women know how to do it properly. But so that was a big deal. And then you also have like Stonewall and stuff like that. It was just going on. It was all around this time. And so it was a big deal. And I was reading an article and uh, it was speaking to a man who was like around 19 or 19 around this time. And he was openly, he was coming out as openly, you know, homosexual. And he said around this time, he felt more, he felt even more uh, acceptance around this time than he did in the eighties. And that was because of, you know, of the scare of AIDS that, you know, if you, people found out that you were homosexual, they automatically thought you had AIDS, which is just ridiculous. And, you know, I'll have to do an episode on the whole 80s debacle with the let's go with the just say no campaign instead of, I don't know, let's take care of AIDS. I don't know. Maybe let's let's not talk about the worry about the drug war that you're trying to continue on and, and you know, take away millions and trillions of taxpayers money to fight a war that's not really a war it's an imaginary war that you've 
created in your mind. Anyway, so <laughs> it was, it's a big deal. And okay, so I personally, so just going back to me, I found out about Tim Curry through The Worst Witch, which, which is a movie I saw when I was little on HBO. And it had Faruza Bulk in it when she was little. This was around the time of um, her doing the uh, the Oz movie. She was little. She couldn't have been more than like 11, 10 or 11. And he actually, it's kind of like Harry Potter, but for girls. It's like a, it's like a witch school for girls that they stay there, you know. It's really, it's, it's very, I mean, it came out in 86, so it's very, very corny. It's corny as fuck, but it's great. I love it. I can still watch it to this day and I'm almost 38 years old, but that's also probably just cause it has like, you know, memories and you know, all that stuff tied to it. But he is, Tim Curry plays a, this, it's a, he's a grand wizard and you, they always, they're constantly talking about him in the movie. Like, oh, he's going to come. He's coming. He's coming. And he's not in the movie, maybe 20 minutes. And it's at the end of the movie, if it is 20 minutes. And he sings this, um, this song, anything can happen on Halloween. I'm going to see if they'll actually let me play a clip of it for you guys. If it's even on here, um, they might go ahead and just cut me apart because, um, I don't think you're really, I'm not at the level where I can play stuff like that yet. So I don't know if they'll allow me to get away with it, but it's worth a shot, right? So it's very, if I can't play it, just YouTube it. There's a video. I mean, he's singing it too with all the girls um, on a stage. So it is, I think it's really fucking great. So let me, I think I found it. Hold on one second. Oh, no, sorry. See, I was trying to be all slick and shit, and I can't be slick and shit. Uh, let's see. I am going to do this, and you guys are going to sit patiently and let me find it. <laughs> she had it queued up, huh? It's great to be here with you young witches on this fabulous night. Remember girls, show the world. Let them know it's Halloween. Heaven! We're going back in time, counting down. Uh, see, uh, DJ CK1. So that's very beginning. And so it's just, it's a little clip of it, but I'll see if I can actually, I can just put it on YouTube. Anyway, so getting back to what I was, the story here. Um, and so that was like my first introduction to him. And then his voice is just so cool. I, I love, you know, British, Irish and Scottish accents. They're just a thing to me, probably because I fell in love with Tim Curry and David Bowie when I was like four and five. So I just have a thing for British accents, but, um, Tim Curry's voice is very different even with the accent, like his accent is very, um, I don't even know where he's from. Cause I know it's very different once you get into little cities and little towns and Yorkshire and all that type of stuff. And I understand, you know, and I know the Beatles accents different than, you know, Bowie's accent. It's very different from town to town. 
and just like it is here. I mean, if it, you know, the South and the North, we all have different accents and people think that some, you know, some people like Southern accents and some people think we sound like idiots. Um, even though mine is the older I get, the more it seems to be disappearing unless I've had several drinks. And then I sound like I live in a trailer park somewhere in a holler, um, where my family's from. So it's, he always, he, he just sounds, you know, he's got a very captivating voice. Uh, that's why he can do, you know, Fern Gully and do voice act, voice acting work because his voice is just very different. Um, the next movie after that was legend, of course, which he plays darkness. He plays Satan. And I will forever say, yes, I, that's why I like bad boys is because of Tim Curry and David Bowie. They just fucked it up. They fucked my brain up. Totally. I got wires crossed when I was watching those two movies with, you know, labyrinth and, and legend. So I'll get into those two later on. I don't really want to focus too much on those, but I just want to give you a backstory of how I figured out who Tim Curry was when I was a young lady. Uh, I did not find out about Rocky horror picture show. Honestly, I mean, like I knew about it, but I wasn't really enthralled with it like everyone else until high school. Um, I, if I hear something as a musical, my ears automatically shut off and I go like partially blind. I don't want to hear it and I don't want to fucking see it. Like if it's a musical, you're that's, it's dead to me now. Like I don't want any part of that shit. Um, so I tend to shy away from not shy away. I tend to fucking turn and run the opposite way when there's a musical being spoke of saying, talked it doesn't matter if someone is thinking of a musical i can see it and i'll run away i hate fucking musicals with a passion and so when i i knew it was a musical but i didn't want to try to i was like fuck this i don't like it but i was in actually in modern dance uh in high school uh for several years for three three years i was in high school i was in all year every year and I met a girl that was in the class with me. We became pretty uh, close friends. We had a lot in common. She loved David Bowie. I loved David Bowie. Um, she loved Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so she kind of got me into listening to it. You know, and I'd go home and kind of get more into it. And we got into this ritual of when we would do, uh, we'd go out and actually perform our dances on stage. We would be next to each other some way, somehow, some way before we went on stage, even if we were not supposed to be um, performing next to each other, we would kind of get close to each other and like whisper sweet transvestite. It was the only way that it got us out on stage to have enough confidence to perform because uh, we were young, you know, it was terrifying. But that really once, I guess once that kind of doing that created a pathway in my brain and it, it also created a really great memory. I was stuck on it. I was, I, I didn't want to let it go. I loved it no matter how fucking weird it came off to other people. But I think that's the thing is that there's always going to be naysayers of men that want to dress up like women. Always. I don't think that's ever going to change because I don't think it's ever going to change that men are supposed to be macho. Like 
a man in a dress can't beat up someone. Like, just because a man's wearing a dress and makeup doesn't mean he can't kick your fucking ass. Like, I don't know where that, I don't know where that disconnect came from. I mean, I've seen some drag queens get down. They do not care. If you're talking shit, they will punch you in the face. They have no problem. Just because they look like a woman doesn't mean they're going to fight like one. So don't forget, that's a, that's a man in a dress, Mary. Like, he will punch you in the fucking face. So he's not going to pull your hair like a woman. He's just going to throw back and just like land one right on your suckle. So that's why I've never understood that whole connotation of if you're a man that wears dresses or makeup, then you're a pussy. I, if anything, you're the complete opposite. Well, first of all, I don't understand the whole term of calling someone who's weak a pussy because like, come on, ladies, pussies aren't weak. Let's just get it. Let's get, you know, Let's get it straight on that. If we're anything, we should say they're balls because, hello. They're outside of their body, but you can barely touch them or tap them or kick them. And they're like on the ground wanting to vomit. I don't, who thought to call someone a pussy that was weak? I don't, I don't know who did that, but they're a fucking idiot. So anyways, but if anything, you're the complete opposite. You're got the biggest fucking, you got the most guts of anyone that's standing in a room with you. Because not, no one, barely, not no one, but barely anyone has the the guts to not only be who they want to be in private, but also, I mean, that's terrifying sometimes as it is on its own. To put a dress on when you know that if someone were to walk in, you would be ridiculed. Especially if it was a loved one, of course, you know, they'd be terrified or scared or whatever. Um, they would, you know, to do that out in public is fucking fantastic. And I will applaud anyone that does that. I don't give a shit uh, if anyone else agrees with it or not, because being yourself is hard enough, you know, and if you actually are, so being yourself is hard enough in the, in behind closed doors to yourself, being Truthful to yourself is terrifying enough. Being truthful to other people is fucking frightening. So to be able to have movies like this that came out around that time and still today, like it still resonates because gender roles and sexual preferences, that will always be something that we kind of hold dear, but we also are very cautious of telling anyone. And so when you see someone because of religion and because of um, political views, it tends to keep people, it tends to shy people away from wanting to talk about those things. But when you see a movie like this where someone is so big and bold about, you know, singing that he's a sweet transvestite, you know, and all of this, and then make, you know, having sex with Janet and having sex, you know, having sex with Brad, it was, even though it was probably, you know, rape but it is really it's refreshing to see that type of shit it doesn't matter what year it is it could be 1975 it can be 2050 it's always going to be refreshing to see someone who's not necessarily the best character in the movie be so open and bold about who they are because that's what everyone i think everyone no matter if you don't agree with their views of their sexuality, which first of all, it's none of your goddamn business to have an opinion on it anyways. If they're not hurting anyone, you need to mind your own damn business. But if you don't agree with their political views or whatever, you still have to look at someone like that and be like, have some kind of respect for that. 
whether you agree with the fact he's wearing lingerie and heels, even though he looks fucking fantastic in that lingerie and heels, that that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. We all aspire in some way, maybe a tiny little way or a large way. We all aspire to be that open and bold about who we are as a human being. Um, sometimes it is just a little step of telling a loved one who you, who you really are and what you're really into. If it's, you know, a spouse or a parent or whoever, or there's a big way of just walking out of the house like that saying, fuck it. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to do this today. I don't care. People can look, I don't give a shit. That's fucking amazing. So I feel, that's why I feel like this movie has really just stayed with us as long as it has and why it flopped initially, but now it's grossed over $170 million worldwide and it still sets, it's, it holds world records, you know, for being the longest running movie to be in a movie theater. Um, so that's, that's amazing. And that's why is it, I think once they got to the smaller cities, yeah, the big cities are great because it would be, it's in Greenwich Village for, that's where they started, uh, New York City, where they started the midnight showings. So I think, yeah, that's great. But that's, it's great, but it's okay. I mean, it's like, whatever. The big cities have their shit. It's for the people that live in the small cities. When they see that stuff, that gives them hope. You know, it's the people that live in, you know, the mom and pop towns or, the towns where not necessarily everyone knows everybody, but everyone in the high school knows everybody. You know, if a guy sleeps with a girl, he tells everybody the, you know, how her painting, you know, how her bikini lines wax the next day. It's just, especially when you're younger, you're just grasping at straws, trying to figure out who the fuck you are. And when you see someone be so overtly confident in who they are, it gives you hope that maybe someday you will also be that confident. And you maybe not even that, maybe not that outwardly confident, but at least confident enough to where you can put on some heels and maybe just walk around the house. <laughs> <laughs>